0: Betches Media presents.
1: Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You
0: want
2: to hang out with us? and Get your vaccine. 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 And so I went to Human Resources. There's
0: some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast.
3: A woman's problem, if you will.
4: Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. <laughs> I'm Elise Morales.
3: I'm Brian Russell-Smith.
4: And this is the Veggie Stuff Podcast, where CSPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy day after 4th of July. How are we feeling on this day after 4th of July?
3: Um, I feel like I'm probably going to... I'm, I'm feeling um, very European. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I... So... Full disclosure, I guess we're saying we're pre-recording this. We Uh, are pre-recording I will be in Spain at this time. And I will be really happy because I will be out of office and I won't be checking my email or any of my messages. Manifest that. That I
4: I will have a passport in my possession. I don't know this, but we're putting it out there that by July 5th, I will. Yes. I've got people helping me.
5: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, (gasps) I will be cleaning up after a small gathering of friends that I'm having over at my house on the 4th of July, I don't think we will have reached 70%
4: vaccination, but we sure did put in a good, you know what? But my Mm -hmm. friend
5: group, I would say has reached well over 70% vaccination. So we're celebrating because I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair that we, that now we don't, it's like, is because I remember like Budweiser was like, we're going to give out free beer. Are they just like not going to give us the free beer? now. not. They just don't have to pay for that now. I mean, I guess we didn't earn it. <sighs> so. Yeah.
4: I guess they were hoping the people that would be that enticed by free Budweiser would, uh, would get vaccinated, but doesn't look like they have. My, my question is, um, I want to know from people how they picked out their, their, cute guys who were dressed in festive attire from cute guys that might have stormed the Capitol. That's what Ooh. I found to be a struggle or cute people.
3: That tough. Is, July guess, 4th
4: challenge, like never before.
3: Yeah. I never thought about that because I always did enjoy wearing red, white and blue and America paraphernalia for July 4th, but I don't know if I, if I'll do that anymore.
5: <laughs> it feels seditioning feels a little seditioning. Okay. Here's, here's what I think. Um, I think here, here's some signifiers. I think if the shirt is black and has like a tattered scary flag on it, that's MAGA stuff.
3: Or if they're wearing it with cargo shorts, maybe. Or, yeah, like yeah. The
5: length of the shorts is going to tell you yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, the, the size of the pocket's going to tell you a lot. Going to tell you a lot. Mm. <laughs> um, I think that um, if the flag is too big, Big sign, big sign that they're a capital stormer and not just a regular 4th of July. Little tiny flag. That's fine. That's best. (laughs) Ask them if they're vaccinated. I think Mm -hmm. that could give you some clues. If the flag is mounted to the back of a truck,
0: that's a big.
5: (laughs) big You sure (laughs) people don't just do that for the 4th of July?
3: (laughs) Ask them where they were on January
4: 6th. Yeah, get an alibi, get an alibi. Well, yeah, since we, already, we will definitely actually be offering this as a service I have on my to-do list to write this. And it sounds like I have already recruited some co-authors. So <laughs> yeah. look for that link. So today uh, we are going to do a quick question and answer portion. I asked you guys what you wanted to hear more of and got such great, thoughtful topics that we can pursue. You know, as the news lightens up some days, we want to revisit things that got buried during the Trump administration and the stuff you guys submitted was just the coolest stuff that I really look forward to talking about. Uh, But the most submitted one was like more question and answer. So this felt like a good day to do that. So we're going to do just a few of these. And then we also got a request for more fun games. So, of course, we're going to do that, too. We're going to play a special Independence Day themed Would You Rather. Should we get into it?
3: Yes, let's do it. <laughs>
4: let's do it. So a couple people asked the question of all of us, how have your lives and work changed since the election slash inauguration? I think with us, like, life and work means sort of the same thing. So, um, Elise, mm-hmm. I'll start with you. How has... How have things changed? It's been a, like almost just over six months since the inauguration. So I feel like our bodies have recalibrated. What's, what's it been
5: like? Um, I mean, I will say on a practical level, doing the newsletter is really different. Um, to, uh, during the Trump administration and, and during COVID, the, it was like an onslaught of top stories of the day. Uh, there are definitely a lot more quote-unquote slow news days obviously there's always something to talk about and so it does it's given me the ability to write more about like global news or other things interesting studies that have come out like things that really we couldn't fit in the other newsletter because there were there was so much (laughs) right insanity just fires going on Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, it is really, it it is really, really different to, to try to determine what the topic of conversation is, because there actually are a lot of different things that people are talking about. Whereas during the Trump administration, he really did suck up so much air that it was just like things about him and things that were because of him.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. I would say for me, um, it definitely like I felt like I was hoping that I would feel better after the election, but it really was just inauguration that was the thing that changed, obviously, because there was obviously all the, all the right. terrible scary chatter about like <laughs> Right.
4: There you know, was that thing between the election and the inauguration that yeah, was a little like, well, worrisome. All, 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 of the, all of the time.
3: lawsuits, you yeah. know, Trump saying like all the scary shit he was saying, and then like the insurrection, obviously. Um, but yeah, since then, I would say like work wise, like I've been able to not have to make as much political content and videos, which has been nice because I I get like less like harassment in my DMS, which is also (laughs) pleasant. (laughs) Um, and like comments of like, People being like, you know, Trump sports gay marriage. I'm like, this video had nothing to do with gay people, <laughs> but thank you for clocking me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> hi, gay. Like, yeah. Hi, gay. But, but that's how I was like. Okay. You know, this comment was homophobic because this is nothing about being gay. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in that sense, yeah. I mean, I've I haven't, and it, because also before, I felt like I, not like I like like I felt like a need to, but also like I had to because you know. You're, it, it's, it's easy to satirize things mm. and people for share it to watch it like what we do I, not to sound like like pretentious but you know we reach an audience that wouldn't usually pay attention pay attention because mm-hmm. of the way things get delivered and I felt that a lot with the videos and now mm-hmm. I'm like kind of glad that I mean not glad but like I don't have to make those ones and then be like fucking worried that like I posted a picture of like where I was, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They reach a lot
4: of people in a good way and a bad way. They reach people that like you didn't mean for it to reach and, uh, people who needed to see it
5: being visible online is a double-edged sword. And it's also scary.
4: It's also gotten the thing that I've noticed that's changed the most, um, is that just the energy without a common enemy has been, I think challenging to navigate, challenging to make interesting, for Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, I was reading this morning, like, mostly news outlets that did rely on just there being a lot of activity and acrimony. um, Nobody's really looking at anymore. Yeah, Pivoting content has definitely been a challenge, for sure. And I think that now that, you know, every day, everybody used to be mad at Trump. And mm-hmm. people didn't get as mad as each other. Cause it's like, why would you get mad at that person who has a slight variation opinion when we need to beat this like fascist. Yeah. And without that, it, it feels sometimes like the fight to um are a little strange and there's more infighting because everybody's looking for someone to blame. And like, it might not be bill Barr today. It might not be Mitch McConnell today. Um, yeah. So yeah, that to, to find content that's motivating to people, but isn't like, playing into that has probably been challenging, but yeah, the way it's changed, like it's completely changed everything about how I do what I do and what it feels like day to day. I mean, it's different stresses, different anxieties. Um, Yeah. It's I would say sometimes it makes like, I wonder if you agree with this too, in terms of the newsletter, like, I found the podcast, frankly, easier to put together during the Trump administration because every morning you're waking up, it's like, oh, that's the fucking crazy thing that happened yesterday that we're talking about. Or people still want to be reassured. People had something to look forward to that was genuinely worrisome and like wanted to be reassured and given information about it. Um, whereas now it's like, it takes, like Ali said, it can take a little while to figure out what the most interesting story is. And then you might realize it's, it's, It's something that I actually don't know as much about, but I know that's the most interesting thing of the day. I don't know if that makes sense. But like, like when we go in more depth in the newsletter, it's like, well, clearly there's no huge, crazy blockbuster story. Great that we have room for something else, but it's a little harder to, you know, make yourself an expert in a few hours on something rather than just rage about what Trump did that was so clearly bad.
5: Yeah. And it's also like, we were all experts in Trump's behavior and whatever, because you could like watch it with your own, two eyes, and it was yeah it was really easy to determine what the top story of the day was whereas now with the newsletter because usually like the first thing in the newsletter is usually like the top story of the day generally Mm -hmm. um and today the day that we're recording this i was kind of like hmm i'm having a hard time figuring out what the top story is and i had to kind of go across a couple different outlets and see like okay Mm -hmm. what's the thing that kind of every single one of these is talking about and it ended up it turned out being a Facebook Supreme Court decision, mm-hmm. and it's like that is so different than what was going on in the Trump administration when it was like, uh, like he ate a hamster on TV. <laughs> We're like, oh my god, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah.
3: Which yeah. is a good, which is also like you know a nice, a good thing, problem to have, a good problem to have because I remember being like. Like, oh man, I wish we could talk about this thing that's really important. But Trump did just eat a hamster live on television. Yeah, exactly.
5: And it's like, I, you know, the hamster, the hamster is really pressing right now. <laughs> yeah, right. It, you know,
3: know, and it turned out to be um Joe Biden's granddaughter's hamster. Yeah,
5: it's like <laughs> even worse than we thought.
4: I know, I know. And now it's just like, Will we build a bridge in Iowa? Nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> but I think that's why, it, and we'll do a more sort of formal, not announcement, but just to be clear about what's coming. But um, just a little preview that we're going to start pivoting our Thursday episodes to be more culture, pop culture based. Um, a lot of you guys and your feedback said you noticed that we've been doing that more and you liked that and wanted more of it. So, you know, on days where the, the most interesting political story isn't necessarily that. It's not even always that it's not interesting or important. There's just not always a discussion there, which is Mm -hmm. the thing that I look for for this podcast. It's like, there are lots of things we can talk about day to day, but is there much discussion about just reading about the infrastructure bill and what's in it? Not really. So we're going to start doing Thursday episodes with big groups when we can get it, um, about the pop culture stuff, about like more of the Free Britney stuff, more reality TV stuff, stuff that more aligns with feminism, because I know that's what I've been wanting to engage with a lot more recently. I feel like having more time to get into that has been uh, really enjoyable. So yeah, starting, I think uh, later this month, Thursdays are going to be focused on culture. And uh, we chose Thursdays because it's like the last uh, sub episode of the week. So you can have it like for the weekend, like a fun, light episode we, we were saying. And I can see you guys we were like, people are going to be fighting to get on that
5: episode. <laughs> I know that's I love talking about, you know, TV shows, all the And that stuff is political, like what yeah. we're watching, what we're listening to, who's popular, what people are talking about. Like, that's all reflective of our politics. And I think we're seeing that so much now with like the way we're re-looking at the 2000s and how like our pop culture people were treated and then also like what was going on at that time. And it's like, oh, this was actually bad. Like.
4: Somebody asked how the wedding planning was going for Brian and Elise. Um, I don't know what impression I give off (laughs) that I'm not planning my (laughs) wedding to my fiance, but uh, take it take it away. Elise, yours is around the corner, two months.
5: Yeah, mine is actually like, I mean, as of this recording, basically two months out, which is crazy. Um, We're chasing down RSVPs. That's the that's the Mm. part that we're at right now, and it's Mm. um, really annoying and when people invite you to their wedding you should RSVP mm-hmm. to yeah. it and you shouldn't just be like they know i'm coming because no, they no. don't know and if you are a member of my family <sighs> please RSVP because it's only <laughs> it's only really you who's not and it's <laughs> embarrassing me so
3: <laughs> my <laughs> thing my thing about RSVPing to weddings is I don't remember if I did it or not because I am probably I will do it like most of the time when I'm stoned and when I'm stoned I don't know where anything is um I t- it took me I'm always late to this podcast recording because I'm like where the fuck are my headphones um and so I but I'm pretty sure yeah I'm pretty sure I to you're winning it but uh, you
5: did you did <laughs> you and here's the thing you would know if you didn't because you would have got an email because an email okay. An email has been sent out now saying, can we please RSVP? And, and Danny and I, I will say this. Danny and I both, this is completely insane, but this is where we're at with wedding planning. We read out, we looked at our Zola and we read out the names of everyone who still hasn't RSVP'd and we said, shame. <laughs> after every game
4: just between the two of you
5: yeah literally just privately in our house we well, read you their said names i could out. wait
4: until my invitation comes you, to send you, it back you know we okay. didn't
5: we did not read your name you out. didn't shame me we didn't shame just you. between the two of you was it cathartic it was cathartic we read the names out of several people some that? of whom are godparents really should be doing nice. what they're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing and we said shame to them and yeah. we shamed um, them
3: for me, I will have seen my venue IRL yesterday for the first time, which will be very exciting. Because um, I, but we booked it, wow, all that shit over Facetime. Yeah. So hopefully, I like it. <laughs> 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 they already got the money, but um, where is it? Yeah, it's in Pedrata. It's a, it's a, it's like a village, an hour north of Madrid. Um, oh right,
4: right. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And so, I mean, we've done the, like all the big shit. We're going yeah. there. We're going there. I'm actually meeting with the wedding planner. And we're gonna go over like what we're doing about decorations. Mm-hmm. She keeps saying flowers, but I'm like pretty like confident that I don't want like real flowers. But whatever. Um, Why? Just because they're expensive? No, I just feel bad.
1: I whenever, for the flowers. <laughs> I yeah. feel
3: bad for the flowers. I always feel bad for the flowers. Like, like that I'm the cause of all of these cut flowers. You know, yeah. I mean? like there are <laughs> groups
1: that
4: call themselves like sustainable florists. And I, I'm sure that is like legitimate. I'd love to learn more about it, but yeah, I don't know if they have those in Madrid, but I'm like, don't you, you still got to cut the flowers, but
1: maybe they I
3: know. Maybe I, maybe we'll find some like, you know, like dead I don't know. Like it's a very like dry place. I'm sure there's something yeah. pretty like and bushy or something that's not like detrimental. Yeah, and you um, could do like
5: some potted plants because those are that's alive.
3: True. That's they're true. just
5: visiting. They're just a guest, the same as anybody else.
3: Yeah, and no one's gonna <laughs> and no one's gonna take the potted plants back with them though. Is that?
4: That sounds theoretically like a cute Take home gift but I'm sure somebody Has tried that Can you
3: fly back from Spain You'd have to
4: really want that plant Yeah
3: you'd have to really want that plant And
5: I don't think I don't know it seems like a customs issue But maybe there's A way to like rent them Like a place that will bring potted plants to you, and then they take the potted plants. I mean, if they're worried about the environment because of the
4: air conditioning and they're drying their clothes outside, surely they have a sustainable uh, forest there.
3: Maybe I'm just being a snowflake, and I need to get over it. Um, But it's your
5: wedding, Brian. It's your big day.
3: That's true. And then, and then, just say the dates and invitations are the next thing. That's what we're supposed to be doing, but we keep putting off and not doing. Yeah, it's fucking tedious.
5: Yeah.
4: I haven't done anything and I keep putting off doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We start, it's sort of been working because I've been like getting my fiance used to like what a, what any size wedding costs. Like you either elope or you do something so small or you're spending a ton of money. I feel like. Yeah. It's tough. Um, And so I've started presenting the options we have. And like, he's finally started to realize that like the size wedding, even a small one in his head is like one that we would have to invest in, but it's just like hard. We think about all the other things you could do with the money. And we're like an age where, I don't know, I'm visiting. Maybe my parents are listening. I'm going to North Carolina next month. i will talk to them. <laughs> we're <laughs> at an age where like, it doesn't really make sense for our parents to help us. Cause it's not like we're, you know, trillionaires. It's like my parents should use that money for other stuff too. But we're, we're looking at, I started showing Mike, like we could just do a tiny ceremony here and then rent this huge event space. And he's like, Amanda, that's a, that's, that's a nasty event space. Like next to like, like the stumble in that they definitely use for like 50th anniversaries. And mm-hmm. bat mitzvahs like we can have a nice wedding so we're getting to that point where we're yeah. meeting we're meeting at the place where we're gonna be but i'm sure we'll get married in like two years or something
3: remember remember bonds when everyone would get bonds yes. when you were born like, whatever happened to those what like what like what can we, yeah. i never cashed i don't think i ever cashed in on my bonds
5: i nobody's told me about my, my bonds. bonds
3: i need to i, I need to investigate my bonds
5: i'm sure that if my parents were able to cash in my bonds they did so, <laughs> we I'll used my you. bonds for something and I can't remember what it is, I do we... have um, a like ethical question that I, I was going to pose to somebody
4: else but all, since we're talking about weddings, so if I can't get my passport, I can't go to a wedding. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you can't go to somebody's wedding? Do you get them just an extremely nice gift? You, just, you can just still send and them And apologize same profusely, of money. like just hey, send them you... a check for
5: whatever I think hey. my plate costs. What do you What's wow. the protocol? I mean, okay. number one, there's probably some wiggle room like you uh, yourself not being able to come isn't going to put them out like necessarily for your plate because there's there's probably going to settle that up at the end. Also, the wedding is at the it's the
4: last day of the trip, so. Even if I don't get my passport when Mike is going, I can like maybe still go. maybe but, still go. But yeah, that's good to know. That's reassuring. But
5: I mean, for me, it's like I have friends who can't who aren't going to be able to make my wedding. And I'm really sad about it because we have people in Australia and they're in lockdown again. So I think anyone who's been planning a wedding in covid times understands that there's like a lot of craziness, um, a lot of a lot of contracts people are signing, have a lot more wiggle room and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always still send a gift if someone invited me and I did, I can't go. And maybe if I like, we'll send I'm them supposed to go, I would maybe send them like a nice, a slightly nicer gift, but I don't think you should worry too much about the person being like, like horribly put out if you are not able okay. to go, but that's also not going to happen. And you are going to be able to go and you are going to get your passport. Exactly. Sounds great.
4: (laughs) So this was such a cool question. So the person asked, uh, if a candidate were to run on a single issue, what do you think that issue would be? Or what single issue candidate would you be most likely to support? So say there was like an Andrew Yang UBI, but for every issue, uh, what would it be?
3: Hmm, That's difficult.
4: I think I I would have to do research into like, what would benefit the most people the most. But I think that's also probably what this question is asking
3: I would I would say probably a, a, a climate one because remember when Governor Inslee ran right. he was like so oh he, I guess he never was never rewarded for that was he no um, and he
4: governor of Washington <laughs> he saw this coming he was like we're gonna yeah. get too hot
3: because he actually did sort of change the discussion around climate change during the debates because they were Weren't asking questions about it, but he would always bring his answers back to it. And even though I obviously didn't support him in the primary, I always really greatly appreciated it.
4: <laughs> yeah, um,
5: that's a good one. Medicare for all would be mine. I just, I feel like I get bummed all the time because I feel like it's out of the national conversation. And I know we had a great conversation with um, Abdul Sayed about it. And I read his book about Medicare for all. And it's just, the way that our current system works is so wrong and it's so crazy. And the solution is there and it's cheaper and it's better and it's going to save people's lives. And it also is one of, it's also very popular. Yeah. I feel like like Bernie almost was
4: in a sense, a, the Medicare for all. I mean, he and Elizabeth Warren, they just had other contexts that made people think, well, she's the woman candidate, he's the socialist candidate, but Mm -hmm. they were both their biggest priority if they got in there was Medicare for all.
5: I know. Yeah. And it really one of the things that I do feel disappointed with the Biden administration about is like their health stuff has been like they they did say they were going to they were never Medicare for all people, but they did say they were going to try to pursue a public option. They did say that they were going to try to do things to help Obamacare. And I feel like they've really put health care on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because a lot of those people feel burned from having done it before. But it really feels like it's so crazy that this system still exists and this is what we have.
3: It just, and I, but the good thing about, you know, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren was that now it is a, a topic of discussion and you are seeing more and more people, you know, warm up to it. Same thing. It's like, it maybe it'll be more of the norm in six years because I just like, I, my thing for why I don't understand why Republicans don't get it. It's like you, it, it, it it's you, you are so tied to your job because of medical insurance. Like, I just think of, all, mm-hmm. I always think about, like, think about how many small businesses would be created if we didn't have this private insurance structure that we do in this country. And that would help the economy and it would help small businesses. And that's when I'm like, get on board with that.
4: Yeah, that's why I feel like. It- at the top, like this is probably the issue that you could make a really strong case that it would benefit the most people.
5: Yeah, yes. And also, like medical care for trans people, trans kids, like that's all part of making our healthcare system
0: an equitable healthcare system for everyone. When it comes to the plant based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy.
4: So as we said, today is the day after July 4th, but with the festivities and their respective hangovers fresh on our minds, we're going to do an Independence Day themed Would You Rather. i going to start with uh, the dad energy question of the bunch. Who would you rather put in charge of the grill? California Representative Adam Schiff or previous uh, Julian Castro? We all know who Julian Castro is.
3: we know his his resume
4: mayor hud department i feel like his like public visibility is like outsized to the roles he actually had so just who would you rather put in charge of the girl adam schiff or julian castro
5: i know immediately it's got to be julian castro
3: yeah he's latino of course you're uh-huh. going to give
5: the grill to some lame white guy. That's <laughs> true. <Yeah.
3: laughs> but fucking Julian
5: Castro is standing right there. He's holding spices. He has like a family He's recipe. Texas. He's from Texas. Exactly. You're going to give the grill to someone who's not from Texas when there's a Texas person standing there? No. Also, mm-hmm. I feel like if you
4: put he has, he has an identical twin brother. So you could just sneak out Joaquin when you get tired or you need a break. And then you've got two Castros who are working mm-hmm. that grill. Yeah, that's a good one. No offense, Adam Schiff. I'm sure Adam Schiff does a, a great dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
5: that's Absolutely the standard. Like, yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Edible. Edible. <laughs> edible meats. <laughs> Adam Schiff's specialty is edible meats. <laughs> shifts edible meats from little adam shit
3: <laughs> yeah oh man oh, I know. I, I, that, that, speaking of trump that's one thing i do kind of miss about him is his funny names. they really Not added really, some but. color
4: they really added some color who would you rather let handle the decor as we said earlier this is dicey this could go in the sedition route or could this could go in the tasteful patriotism route lauren Boebert, colorado representative or lindsey graham
5: Wait, repeat the question again. Who would you have
4: handled the decor? So they're going to set up your whole July 4th party. I did not mean to put Lindsey Graham in here because there are rumors that he's gay. But I guess if you want to factor that in, go for it.
3: I was thinking that's why you did it. But then I was like, oh, wow. But um, (laughs) I I think I think I would go with Lindsey Graham just because I think he has that like, you know, that uh, that like southern like south carolina like savannah yeah. sensibility where it's kind of probably probably just- be a lot classier than Loa bo, bo- bobbirds i feel like hers oh. would be like duke's of hazard south His so would be like, gone with the wind south
5: oh you know 100% I mean? Confederate through and through on both accounts, but <laughs> both one problematic. Is, one is a way more elegant party. <laughs> yeah, I think Lauren Bobert. I don't know if you've ever looked up her restaurant that she owns in oh, Rifle, yes. Colorado, called Shooter's Grill, where the um, it's in servers, Rifle, Colorado. It's in Rifle, Colorado. It's called Shooter's Grill, and the uh, the waiters all have guns. That it it, it has a Uh, a Confederate (laughs) Applebee's sort of energy. And I think that that's what she would bring to her party.
4: Oh man, those are so good. So who would you rather make a signature cocktail? Marjorie Taylor Greene, just famously bad in all ways, or Donald Trump, uh, famously does not drink alcohol? Oof,
3: uh, Lou. Um, I would be scared MTG would like slip some medication in there. Or like poison, um, yeah. and I think Donald Trump would just make a shitty cocktail. So I feel like I'd have to go with Donald Trump.
4: That's safe.
5: I think I'm first. gonna pick. I think I'm gonna pick MTG because I think. Um, I think she's tried out a lot of cocktail recipes before going on her deep dives into whatever the fuck she's looking up that day. And
4: I Imagine think she- <laughs> that's where it starts. She just wants to make a nice cocktail for her dinner party. And yeah. then she goes to the mommy blog and then Facebook is like, no, no, no Marjorie come over here
5: and a dark and a dark road. She went down on that day, <laughs> but, but yeah, I just, um, yeah, I feel like she's going to make a good cocktail and I'm going to take the risk because I do agree with Brian that I don't necessarily trust the cocktail.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
5: But Donald Trump, there's just, there's just no way it doesn't taste bad. It definitely tastes bad.
4: So for our next one, would you rather receive a noise complaint from Bernie Sanders or Ted Cruz? So this one is, I think, tricky because it's like, do you want to disappoint Bernie Sanders? Or do you want to really make Ted Cruz mad? I guess this one's an easy, it's like, do you want to disappoint Bernie or would you rather meet him under any circumstances? I think I would pick Ted because I would never want to disappoint Bernie.
3: Yeah, I would do Ted because you're like, oh, okay, who gives a fuck, turn it up louder, you know?
5: Yeah, <laughs> we got Julian we got on the ox, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love just, knowing that I had personally uh, annoyed or bothered Ted Cruz would be better, though. I will say there is something to be said for. I think Bernie would be very funny coming over and being like, it's too loud <laughs> you got the music turned up too loud. <laughs> like, I like I would like to see that. What's Lindsay Graham doing here? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. You having a Confederate party? It's too loud. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's the main objection that's the main objection
4: he would see my mazoza on the door and just be so disappointed yeah. in me be like, uh,
5: you're confused this one's confused <laughs> i could do this all day
4: uh, so finally this one is uh, sort of related because it relates just uh, july 4th is a time to reflect on our nation's history and so say that you are bringing a little bit of that energy to your july 4th gathering do you want to be in a critical race theory study group with Madison Cawthorn or Donald Trump Jr.
3: Ah, hmm. um, I would have to say Madison Cawthorn because I feel like I could turn him, like not just like sexually, but also <laughs> like. Mentally, I feel like he could. I feel like he. I, I mean, I don't really know him very well, but I feel like my, he would. He would see like my whiteness and be like, "Oh, he is white and he's fine." And he's talking about these things. Maybe I can listen to them. But also, maybe I could turn him sexually. Who knows? Yeah, I wouldn't. But you're not going. You're Trump not going to tell
4: him you're gay. You're going to let him think you're a straight white guy who is super down with the idea that racism once existed and continues to.
3: Yeah, or yeah, it would be like a spy. I would be a spy. Oh and I think, yeah. And then I would be, I would, I would be a, a quote unquote straight guy who like occasionally played with his friends.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> sounds super convincing. Brian sounds super convincing. What about you, Elise? Would you rather sit through a critical race theory study group with Madison Cawthorn or
5: Donald I'm, Trump? I'm really struggling with this one because on the one hand, I do love to watch a Donald Trump Jr. Meltdown. I think that's very fun. They're very funny. Um, so I think that would amuse me to see. I imagine the person, I'm not teaching the critical race theory no. class. I'm just part of it. Right? No, we don't know who
4: that God, that that blessed soul God, is. And
5: God bless whoever is <laughs> teaching it. I'll send them something later. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I do love to watch a Donald Trump Jr. meltdown. It's Caitlin.
4: Caitlin's teaching it.
5: Oh, (laughs) okay. You know what? Then I am actually going to pick Donald Trump Jr. Because I would actually love nothing more than to watch Caitlyn dress down Donald Trump Jr. Madison Cawthorn is just really sad to me. Uh, He's a little too young for me to fully... Like, Donald Trump Jr. is a 43-year-old man. Like He he should be better. He's not better. Um, Madison Cawthorn is bad. He is the. He does have one of my favorite videos on the internet, which is him wearing tactical gloves, but by beating the shit out of a tree, um, just punching it and punching it until it falls down.
0: <laughs> no I didn't like, see that it? Oh my
5: god, you didn't! Oh man, Google I, it. Google it. Google, Google it, it, it right it. after He's, this. It, It's a small tree and it's just him punching it and punching it until it falls down, Uh, which is crazy. I suspect about
4: Madison Cawthorn and I feel this way about Donald Trump Jr. too. And this is why I put them both in here that if there's no audience, I don't know if they're performing. So they might just sit there and seem bored. I think that Madison Cawthorn would be much more likely to like throw out antagonistic comments and uh, so I think I'd rather do a D.J.T. and then I could probably like sell a sell a short book on everything he yeah. did or a ten thousand word article to some outlet, and make mm. some money. <laughs> True. Yeah, we will end there. Happy Fourth of July and recovering from Fourth of July Day. We will talk to you tomorrow until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman.
5: I'm Elise Morales.
3: I'm Brian Russell Smith.
4: And this is the Betches Up Podcast.